Hello everyone, Adam here from Three Camp Radio, and today we are doing something that is a bit, a little bit different. Um, something I've been wanting to do for a while, to be honest, but um, not really gotten around to it. I've touched upon it in the past. I've touched upon it with Scotty Rock and different people in the past. Um, well, I've got the main man Steve Bibby here with me to talk about mental health, mental health in wrestling, mental health in general. How are you doing, my friend, as I ask you as you take a drink? Um, well, that's that's combating uh, the tiredness. Very tired, a uh, <laughs> lot of work going on, but um, overall, fairly good. Fairly good for now, yeah. I'm glad to hear it, my friend. I'm glad to hear it. So, um, yeah, you and I have wanted to talk about this for a bit. It's just been the fact of getting around to do it. Uh, it's a strong subject for you, isn't it, mental health? It is, because um, it has such a, a hold over your day-to-day. Yeah. And I think the more it's acknowledged and the more we accept it as has been a big part of, of us, um, the easier things get, I think. So the more we talk about it, the better. It is a very important subject to me and it's sort of increased in its importance over the years. Yeah. Um, and there are plenty of different triggers so, like, with mental health. It's so individual to that person, to that one person. That one person could be struggling with mental health for a plethora of different reasons to somebody else but in my opinion I think it's about making that effort because you might not and empathy is a massive deal in mental health empathy is huge but you might not have um, gone through what that person's going through so it's in my opinion about making an effort to just maybe listen if someone sends you a message just listen and if they need you you're there yeah i agree i think um one of the things that i've, I've sort of struggled with over the years because i've got I, i'm very blessed and gifted with a, a nice home life and and, and parents and, and family and everything um so you also you have that kind of guilt about well, I shouldn't feel like this and that almost ironically that's a double-edged sword you know you feel guilty for feeling bad which makes you feel worse um so I and, and I do agree that you know to, to listen to people you know situations everyone's situations are different um one person's bad day at work is different to your bad day at work but they're both bad days and it's the same goes with with mental health I think we, we all feel um things for different reasons um, and sometimes we don't even know what those reasons are, which is equally frustrating. So I think it is important, um, like you said, I think empathy is a, is a big um, trait that people should embrace nowadays, definitely. Yeah. Um, when I did my first course, on my, I did a level two on counselling that was sent a video um, and it was empathy versus sympathy. And... A lot of people do seem to. I think it's innocent. It's very innocent because they 
that a lot of people seem to think both are the same thing. So that's no problem. But I saw a video, um, and it's there's a hole with a ladder, and there's a person like cowering in a corner, um, like scared. And the sympathy walks by and goes, oh, are you okay? Oh, no. Would you like a sandwich? And then walks by, whereas empathy would walk down and drag them upstairs and sit with them. Right, right, yeah. Listen to them. Because if someone's hurt them, knowing somebody else is there that's struggling as well, just one person, it can make the world of difference. But there's, a, in my eyes, a difference between the two words, between sympathy and empathy. I'm not, I'm not saying you shouldn't have sympathy for people, but I'm saying empathy, empathy is such a strong, strong, strong I think, emotion. I think empathy takes more effort. Um, mm-hmm. empathy, empathy is really taking the time to understand something as opposed to acknowledging it. I think that's the difference between the two. Um, I think you're born with uh, sort of an immediate sense of sympathy towards situations. I think uh, empathy is something you uh, you grow into over time. Yeah, and you need to, of course, you need to have have gone through what that person yeah has gone through themselves to then to then show empathy towards that person. But it's um, of course I've I've said. Oh, I was thinking of something I do want to go through because um, recently I've not been doing well myself. Mm. So um, I want to go into counselling because even if it's just a little change, even if it's just that much of a change, I, I want to um, help people so they're not going through what I'm feeling right now, if that makes yeah. sense. No, I agree with that. I mean, I, that, that's the that's the reason I I made the um the mental health video diary on, yes. on Facebook. Initially, it was to get it off my chest and to speak. Um, but then I realised that people were actually watching them and people were taking something from them. So then it became not only my fight but everybody else's. Now I sort of. I was trying to help and uh, others and help myself at the same time. And, and I completely agree with that. I think as well, if you go into a field like counselling, you try and um, become involved in helping others. It's a big therapy for yourself. It is. It really is. Because you can get that kind of secondhand um, achievement, I, I kind of knowing that you've helped somebody in, I've always said myself that when you've helped someone and truly, truly helped someone, you haven't just helped that person. You've helped the immediate family around them. You've helped their friends around them. You've helped such a large group of people because of the worry that they'll have knowing that that person's going through something. But you can't always help them that sometimes they need to seek counseling. Sometimes they need. It it mm. depends on how far they are. It depends on what they're going through. That you know this person's going through something, but sometimes some people don't know how to approach it. Yeah, 
well, you were right in the sense that you said that even if it's a small change, it makes a difference. Um, I've been to, to counselling and psychotherapy and, and various things. And sometimes you do hear one thing um, that sticks with you. Yeah. Uh, even if it, if even if overall it might not have worked the way you like, something in there will stick with you that you can use. And obviously, oh, you've got to become more seasoned, um, and uh, through the years, in order to finally go, oh well, now all these, uh, all this knowledge and wisdom is is in me. I can start fighting this a bit uh, harder because I've I've struggled with uh, depression and anxiety since I was nineteen, so that's seventeen years now. Um, I've I've had that. And a lot of it was uh, initially you, you sort of go through a strange phase when you're in your like leaving your teens into your 20s anyway. So I kind of sort of brushed it under the carpet then didn't see much uh, wrong with me in that sense. But then it was only when I started getting older and, and uh, like I said, my home life was fine, but my relationships were just one after the other disastrous and um for, for many different reasons and um, because of that it just grew and grew and grew and I never made any progress but I did gain a lot of strength and uh, that's that's now why I'm able to talk about it back then I would uh, there's no way I would have sat down and even for two minutes and discussed this kind of thing um, I don't find it even remotely challenging anymore and I'd like to think that by talking about it other people can do the same you know I, I, I hate to think because it's bottling it up and hiding it and hiding behind it is one of the worst things in the world because it just grows and grows inside you until until it, it becomes unbearable there's um another man was very strange i've got three books of his here but freud sigmund freud um he coined the term displacement and mm. if you were to bottle things up, sometimes it comes naturally. Sometimes that's how certain people deal with their emotions, which isn't the best. It's, it isn't great, but um, sometimes that's how some, certain people's pathology works. But if you were to bottle something up and bottle something up and bottle something up, you can lash out to certain people who are only trying to help, and that is Freudian displacement. But... It's just that can be how certain people's pathology works, and it is a shame. But they 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 um they can get so up in their own head because a lot of what a lot of people don't seem to realise is it's like a recurring reel inside your own head that you try to tell yourself something. You, you're wondering why you're feeling this way. You don't want to feel this way, but you are feeling this way. You shouldn't be feeling this way. Why am I feeling this way? And then there's the cause, there's the catalyst of why you're feeling that way. It's all up there. And there's a few people I know who don't fear that they benefit from counselling because of their own pathology. Like they they deal with things in a different manner. And it yeah. Which is understandable. I mean, you, you can yeah. you do whatever works for you. I mean, I, I've tried various methods and I haven't found them that they work entirely. They might work a little, which, you mm. know, I, I use those um, those benefits. But I've, I've found at the moment I seem to be coping with this 
better and I think it might that just might be because I've got years on my side and, and, and a lot behind me um I imagine with yourself it would be sort of like what you've got there this the setup with these these podcasts and everything that you do would be a nice uh, way of channeling um any bad feelings you might have um and you have a lot of interest as well I've noticed so you know that that, that I always think as well just um what you enjoy doing uh just homing on that um but you do you're right you can't help sometimes how you react to certain things i think your head's like a carousel and it's just trying to slow it down um so you can catch each thing as it goes round and deal with it rather than it whizzing by and you you're not um being able to to function i've found as well like you can't help your brain's reaction to something or your, your head's reaction to something much like a phobia you see a spider or you, you get up in, uh, up to a high place and you immediately, I don't like this. You know, I don't like this. I, um, for example, with the, certainly with the business uh, I'm in, which you are certainly familiar with, um, I, I'll, I'll not lie. Um, I, th- I think about getting out of it at least twice a month. And that's purely because my reaction to things my immediate reaction to something negative, say something on a show hasn't gone well or I've not made a very good decision or something has gone wrong uh, with the academy or anything like that, I immediately think I'm not cut out for this business. Not cut out to do this. I'd be better off without it. I'd be better off without the pressures. I just want an easy life and I automatically want to quit. And one of the hardest things to do is try and change that immediate mindset. Um, So I think in some way, reason i'm bringing that up is because i think it's a comfort to know that there's it's hard to control your immediate thoughts so you shouldn't put too much pressure on yourself to try and change how you immediately feel because that is you yeah yeah it just takes work to fight that because we have Mm. um we all know there's fight or flight but there's also freeze as well that's one thing that's one that a lot of people don't seem to um think about that as as much and that the third one is me i if there's like fear i seem to just freeze up it's like and that's me dumb but um with lwf and to a certain degree as you said with me and my podcast we've channeled something into what we love and you've cultivated a family at AWF. You've cultivated something at AWF that I, because I always say, I always say blood doesn't make family. No, no. Not so, that, like, my mum's side of the family, they simply the best. I, I, I love all, everyone in, that, in my mum's side of the family are just wonderful, absolutely wonderful. But there's a reason why you haven't seen my dad or anyone on this side. A man in a, it, put it perfectly bluntly, the man is an absolute bastard. But yeah. I, so blood doesn't make family. Not at all. I, that's just, it's a technicality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've heard people say like, oh, but he's your dad. Is like, so? Like he lost his... I won't go into it, but he lost his right to be called that. Like, yeah. if you're, like, 
if, if you're good friends with someone, and I mean, you've been there since day one. I've got people I can call brothers. I've got people I can call sisters. Yeah. I, they don't need to be blood because I know they're there for me. I've had, I've been going for the past two months. I've, I have been through hell and back. It's, it's um, been awful. Uh, it's been horrible. I've missed a few LWF shows, which is, isn't like me. I've had people reach it out. Good right. And um it's uh not been good, but um the fact that I've had people reaching out, like people of um I had someone because I live in Wigan, I had someone because I told her what was going on, she took the train from Warrington, came to mine for the day, and then went home just to see if I was okay. And I had someone who was at work till 10 in the evening, drive up to mine. And even if she was only there for about 10 minutes, I don't know how long she was there for. She made the effort. See, that says a lot about, I mean, uh, you, when you think about, um, I, I'm not a big fan of people, I will just think positively because that's, that's a hell of a lot easier said than done, but that's a blessing that you've created yourself. You have got people that look at that want to know how you are and want to make sure that you're all right and will go out the way because of what you've created. That's that's a, a man-made blessing um, and pretty pretty big testament to you, really. I, I, and I think that's what we all strive to be is is felt at thought of on that scale. Yeah, you know, we all crave approbation on some level, but that's that's like a, it's a big deal to have. Uh, that kind of support network, but you, you can only build that by the, the type of person that you are. Yeah, it's, um, it's flattering. It's extremely flattering to get- Humbling like, that way. Yeah, humbling. Mm. Humbling, yeah. Because it, it's amazing that like you don't, you also almost feel like you don't deserve it every now and then. It's, <laughs> these people are coming out to see me but like you got you also have to take, like, take a step back and feel like you deserve it yeah you need it yeah that's exactly it you take a step back because you your immediate again it goes back to that your immediate thought process is i don't deserve it then you stop and think well why don't i yeah but then it becomes well, well yeah i do to be fair you know because I've, I've not uh, you, you don't you're not pushing these people away you've you've always given them time and they're just giving it back to you and when you look yeah. at it, it's really simple sums, but it's it's that immediate thought that, that if you hang on to that immediate thought, sometimes it can be the worst thing. It is. It is. It's um, yeah, perfectly put because it's it's instant. The human mind, unless you're unless you're a narcissist, but the human mind. Not I, a few of them. <laughs> so do I. It's instant, it's natural for you to think I, I'm not good enough, I don't deserve it. It's just instant thing straight away up there that I'm not good enough. I, I why, why are you doing this for me when you could do this for somebody else that you look up to? But then if you think you should be doing this for somebody that I look up to, but you don't stop to think that that person might possibly look up to you. Yeah, you don't put yourself in that position. 
Yeah. I've got to ask one, one thing. I'll, I mean, I'll, obviously, I'll share mine as well. But um, how do you cope um, when it does get too much? What's your the mechanism, the immediate coping mechanism? It doesn't have, necessarily have to be a good one, but um, what's the immediate, uh, immediate reaction? Well, um, there's been a lot of that recently. Um, like family, hmm. certain family issues recently. Um, I also don't want to go too much into that. No, of course but, not. Um, lock myself off, kind of. Um, well, immediate, mm, immediate talk. My immediate, I've always thought myself off because it's quite weird. Because I have two, but it, it, it depends on how I'm feeling at the time, I have two. Majority of the time, I message people, telling yeah. them. And that's not, that, that's not like attention. When I say messaging people, I mean, I message people so that, that I know that I know I, at that point I have an out there and I can talk because that's, Possibly it's not the healthiest thing to do is to talk. And I, I kind of thought myself as blessed to have that as an instant out there because not a lot of people yeah. do. Um, well, messaging people is one step. Probably probably not as easy as talking about it out loud is the hardest thing. Yeah. But to, to send a message as an immediate response to, to sort of ask for support or say, this is how I am, that's mm. very, very nearly as, as difficult. It is. So it's quite that's quite a gift, really. It is, yeah. It's um yeah, I, I've always seemed to just go like write a message, this message straight away because I, I've always feel like I felt like I need an out there. Or that's it'll, it'll just fester inside me. But another one is um to be alone with my own thoughts for a bit and um, it's happened quite recently because me and my mum, because my mum will sit here and I'll be on here and we'll just chat for ages. It's we're very, very me and my mum are very close. I've just, yeah, I've just seen that the shows. Yeah. Um, but sometimes because um, depression can do this. Depression can make you. How do I put it? It can make you get angry. At, or frustrated at the company of those you love because you want to be alone. So sometimes I'll have to, I, I wouldn't want, I don't want to tell my mom to leave the room because she's my mom. I want to spend time with her, but I want to be alone and she's not doing anything at all. Yeah. But I just want to be alone. And as soon as she's there, as soon as that door's closed, it's like a ball just just rolled off me and I, I'm fine I can just breathe and it's not necessarily it isn't her it could be anybody sitting here anyone oh yeah I agree with that anyone at all you just you just need that that breathing space just to take a breath and feel like you there's no one I guess it could, it could possibly be that you think that person's judging you or you need just time something just to be alone. I don't know, but 
Yeah, there's also two instant ones for me, but it depends on the mood. I do think you try to trust your own, even though uh, your own your head message with you in these instances, you do sort of trust it still. Um, it can't be two person to a shield. You've got to hold that up and, and, and stand behind it. And then when you're ready to come out, come out. And I think that's, that's just what it is. It's never a personal thing. Certainly not. Um, yeah. But it's not, that's totally normal to, to want to, to put the walls up for a bit and, and, and the solitude is that's, a very, very uh, frequent way of dealing with depression. It has been for me before, to be fair. Um, I don't particularly like my own company. Um, I'm still working on that. Yeah. But I do prefer sort of just shutting myself away when it gets way too much. I tend to want to sleep. I tend to like to sleep so I don't have to be awake. Um, I've done that quite a lot. That's it. I did that not long ago and it scared me. The thought scared mm. me. But it's that yeah. again, it's not uncommon. You know, it's it's not like you're not completely abnormal for being like that. Sometimes you think if you sleep, you'll wake up feeling better. So you take that chance and you should never regret anything, regret feeling anything that's actually an attempt to improve things. So, but I mean, I, I coped with things for years and, and I mean, this isn't, I'm still not completely out of the woods on this, but I did nothing. I did nothing but cope with it by drinking. Because I, I absolutely abused alcohol far more frequently and um, incessantly than I'd like to admit, uh, or or can even remember sometimes. Um, and that was my coping mechanism. The first, if things started getting bad, the cabinet had come open. Um, if I was out in the wrong headspace, it would be one after the other, after the other, after the other. And I would end up in shop doorways and um, side of the road and things like that. And uh, you, you, you sort of start opening your eyes and realizing just how much danger you're putting yourself in. But I never stopped. I never, well, apart from a couple of attempts, and then I realized it wasn't the answer, but I never stopped drinking entirely because I knew that I actually enjoy a drink. I love going out for a couple of beers. I like a glass of wine. I like a good rum. And I thought if I do that, I take away the, the thing I enjoy and I don't fix all the things around it that are actually causing me not to enjoy it. So instead of stopping doing the thing I enjoy, I end up going, right, let's get in a good headspace. Let's try and work out all the problems I've got up there so I can enjoy that again. And that was my, my coping mechanism for ages was just getting blind drunk. And it's nowhere near as bad anymore. It's not even, it, it rears its ugly head every once in a while, but I'm talking like it's very, very infrequent now. But for the, I'm talking like all the way through my twenties and, and for, you know, up to about maybe a, a year or two ago, that's a lot of time spent abusing something you actually enjoy doing. That was, that was my, my way of doing it. And because, and obviously because of that, I ended up being like ashamed to see people. So I would then go back to what you spoke about, which was locking myself away. So it, it's, it's it, a lot of this comes full circle. And I think, I think a lot of people feel alone because they feel like nobody else feels what they do and nobody else deals with it the way they do. And you'd be surprised I think, to, to find just how many people deal with depression and anxiety in the same way. And in addition, uh, depression and anxiety go hand in hand because one follows the other usually. Yeah. Usually get depressed um, after 
you feel anxious because it's a come down. And then anxiety ends up turning into things like I spoke about, like going out and, and self-destructing. And then you go back to the depression again and you swing back and forth. Yeah. It, they have uh, a thing, but I've and, got... and very difficult to spell in a business like this as well, when you've got to be um, so respect, uh, you know, professional and, and grounded and level-headed. It's very difficult. To a degree, yeah. I understand with the last part, but it's also um also don't forget that you can let people in with mm. that. So like, I understand the position you're in. You're the owner of IWF and it's a fantastic show. But um you can also let people in if you if you are feeling because I've had you I know you've come over to me a few times telling me you felt anxious about and asked me about the show. And you Monthly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just think like it, it, it's something you don't need to worry about. Easier said than done. But um, yeah, it's, it's about letting people in. Like with um, drink, that's one thing I've I consider myself massively lucky with. I've never been a drinker. Um, so that's something on my end I'm very lucky with. Yeah. Um, I suffer with nocturnal epilepsy. So um, it kind of goes hand in hand. Epilepsy and depression, anxiety, kind of. Well, definitely with anxiety. So. Um, the, the worry. Yeah, I get that. So, uh Yeah, um, back when I was in college, I did three years rather than your average two because I got an E in maths in high school. So instantly because of one test paper, I'm instantly terrible at maths, apparently. So yeah, there's that. But um, we all have a bad day. In the, three, in the third year, my final year of college, that was when I really started to hit rock bottom. Um, there was there was a senior tutor there. Yeah, my final um my final year of college. The senior tutor would um be on my case on the back over and over and over because I had about I had about fifty percent attendance, which isn't great. But when you factor in, I have epilepsy, which back then wasn't as controlled as it is now. Mm-hmm anxiety and depression because the anxiety and depression is caused by the epilepsy keeping yeah. me off college and then it's that over and over vicious circle as mentioned was, yeah exactly he was on my back to the point where i had to tell my i felt felt like i had to tell my business teachers what she was saying to me because she was basically saying if you don't get your um yourself straight we're gonna have to kick you out and then she sent a letter home to my mom um she's gonna get heavy um yeah she sent a letter home to my mom saying we're gonna have to kick him out if he doesn't get his his get himself straight um, so I had her on my back as well, 
which is disgusting because I was seeing a um, college counselor at the time as well who was putting words in my mouth rather than helping me. So that's what I don't, mm. I want to be the opposite of that. So that's another catalyst for me wanting to become a counselor because I yeah. want to be the complete opposite of that. You want to undo that almost exactly. record over it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's 10 a.m. on a Monday. I went into, um, I went into the counselling and my senior tutor was on my back shouting at me, shouting at me. And she said, because um, I said to my business tutors what she said to me, and she dragged me out of photography, took me into an empty classroom with my business tutors and said, and for about 10 minutes, just laced into me, saying, I didn't say this to you. I didn't say any of that to you. What are you talking about? You're chatting shit, this, that, the other. But she sent a letter home to my mum saying that, saying the exact opposite of what she's bothered yeah. me for. So I, yeah. I, as they, you do feel, I felt backed into a corner. I didn't, what do you say? So, um, 10 a.m. Monday, I went into counselling and just started crying because the night before I felt, um, the night before I'd barely slept because I knew downstairs there were in the kitchen there were certain ways I could just end it. Yeah. And um I attempted to at one point. Um with pills backed out at the last second. But um, that's when I went into, I think that's when, uh, that's the point I think I went into CBT, but... Um, well, it's certainly as good a time as any. I think it is, I might be wrong, but um, my, that same day, I went into a room because they were going to send me home. I wasn't fit to go into college that day, though, so they were going to send me home. So they said, do you want me to call your mum? I said, yeah. Usually that usually with you, like if anybody, usually that means okay, we're gonna call your mom. She's gonna pick you up and take you on. My senior tutor rang her and told her over the phone that your son's having these thoughts. Over the yes. phone. Yeah, that's sort of an in-person thing, that really, isn't it? Um absolutely yeah, I mean, these... disgusting. She was fuming. Yeah. This is yeah. these sort of factors what mount these issues up really and they stay with you yeah yeah they do they um they stick with you because um it's it's trauma because it's something I like I it, it is something I do tell a lot of people no matter how big or small you see your own experiences, it is if it sticks with you, it changes the way you look at a certain situation and you go there rather than mm. through, it's trauma. Oh, yeah. Big or small, trauma is trauma. Mm -hmm. It changes you in, in any way, then it's a big deal. I, I, in terms of what you said about um, those kind of thoughts, I've never attempted nor have I thought of doing it, but one, the one thing that actually sort of scared me the most was I understood why people did. 
and that that was enough for me. Um, I've never had those thoughts purely because obviously I've got a son, and you know I'm that very proud of him, and I, I certainly wouldn't want to to, to do anything um, that's going to affect his life. Uh, and and I think that a lot of people think like that about the closest relations anyway when it comes to that kind of thing. But it just depends if you become so detached from um, from the world and from um, from everyone around you. Anything is possible, and uh, again, it's something that is totally understandable. It's um, and and misunderstood, I think, in in terms of just how far you've got to be down there to feel like that. Yeah, it's um, it certainly takes a lot of misunderstanding from a very influential people in your life. Um, because with her being so high up where she was in the in that college, she's an influential person. But it, it simple as that. And for her to have treated not just me, but anybody, for her to think she could treat anybody that way, and to to be in the in the position she's in in that college, I think is absolutely disgusting. I I think one comfort you've got to take, Adam, is that most people in influential positions nowadays that that's nothing to shout about you know because there's a lot of influencing people out there nowadays that um don't do a whole lot of good for anybody so however high up you are if you don't have any humanity about you then who gives a shit how high you are that's how i look at it certainly nobody influences me only only good people influence me yeah yeah, you see these quote-unquote influencers, and it is, it is sad that you've got a, a massive following of people who genuinely get influenced by these people, and you think, wow. Yeah, they just get oh, toxic. Yeah. That's what they do, and they, you know, and that's how we are, unfortunately. A lot of my current um, depressiveness, not that it's anything like it has been, but it, a lot of it comes now from society and the way I see things, people going and how modern, how the modern generation behaves. There's a lot of the reasons why I, I get so down about things, but I'm sort of learning now just to sort of look at my own path, stay on my path. Don't, don't stir out into uh, what's going on either side of it. I'm just going to forward. See how, that's, that's how I look at it now. Um, Cause I have to, you know, and again, it's easier said than done, but, the more you talk about doing it and, the t- and you tell yourself the reasons why you're doing it, then it becomes easier. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Um, I, I do get sad, sad, either sad or wound up or somewhere in between with how we're society is right now and what people, sorry, sorry uh, what people look up to who people look up to and where we're going and but at the same time it's it's such a mass number of people that like there's no reason for us to really focus on it because you know, there's nothing we can do right now about it unfortunately no. No. it's a shame but it is it is what it is all you can do is is change things to make your life better and those around you but i always say be the change you want to see in the world 
Yeah. And that doesn't necessarily mean go out there and, and try and take it over or, or try and uh, influence society. It just means look at what's around you and uh, improve it and yourself in the main, in the, at the same time. And that's your world. You know, the rest of it outside, well, if it wants to, if it wants to screw itself up, then it's not your concern, really. Look after number one and all, the, all those in your closer circle. I agree. That, uh, there's, there's literally zero reason to be an arsehole in this, in this world. There's I agree. Completely not to be that, nice. like, I don't mm. get it. Like, honest, honestly, with, with, with the, um, the profession you're in and with how with, I'm in involved in that as a fan right now wrestling wrestling is it's, it's an escape for so many people so many people and it's something i love i absolutely it's something i absolutely love and i was on the phone to my boss yesterday and even she was acknowledging like that you've even she was acknowledging and felt sorry for me that I've not been able to fulfill my hobbies as well recently. Yeah. And for, so for her to acknowledge it, it shows how like, she even she knows how much I love wrestling in general. And take, take the piss every now and then, which is great, but it's great. But it, you need an escape in the world to... Yeah escape from toxicity that around you all around you toxicity is all around you you do sometimes need an escape and to help your mental health wrestling being that escape is phenomenal to me it should be an escape and 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 i mean i want to enjoy it more um i need to get that mentality i need to improve my mentality in terms of how i look at this job yeah. i think a lot of it's because oh well i don't you know make anything from this i'm not financially gaining it which means i'm not stable and all that kind of stuff but i'm starting to realize that i've got to be patient you know the only people that get handed a shit ton of money in this world are usually people that don't know how to use it and don't deserve it so um i'd rather work and earn it over time um, that's a bigger reward to me. But uh, yeah, this is an escape because if I wasn't working, if I wasn't running a wrestling promotion, I'd be out every weekend and not really having a whole lot to tell my grandkids in the future. So I suppose it, it makes sense that. Um, it makes sense to carry on this path, even if sometimes I don't see the uh, get the reward from it that I'd like. Uh, I think I've got to start thinking of it more as um, as a story to tell. Really. Yeah, I like that. It's, life moves forward, and you've got to think about what you can tell your kids and your grandkids, and mm. what the model that you can be for them, and. I don't know where I, I, I don't know where my life will be. Um, how am I gonna put it? How am I gonna put this? I don't know where and when I'm going to have 
change them. I'm not certain. Mm. Right now, it's not on my radar. But I'd love to, especially as I said, as I said earlier with my dad, I'd love to be a model parent. I'd love to be there. I'd love to make yeah. the memories that they want, that they crave, because my God, the memory. Man, the memories I've got, I've got with my mom. I just, yeah, that's Christ. it. You've got that so already. Yeah. A good thing. I mean, all I want to do is sort of look back and go, I did that. I yeah. made that. And I created that. And to be honest, I can do that sort of to a degree already. But at times I don't think about that. I don't I don't think about how well I'm doing or, or the good things I'm doing. I just think about the fact that I'm not stable and I'm not comfortable. and. I think that's something I'm working on because that's a form of that's a mental health issue in itself because I'm not appreciating the good things because I'm too focused on the negatives. It's hard. It's hard to get out of that mindset and I'm still doing it, but I'll keep talking about it until it goes away. Good. Good. And your, um, your video diaries as well, the strength it must have taken to start them but once you get into the rhythm of doing them it gets better and better and better the, the strength it must take I, I admire it myself well you've pretty much done it today to be honest true you take me out of that little inset in the corner I, if you take me out of one side of this discussion you you've pretty much just done a video diary yourself so, well done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was extremely nervous <laughs> beforehand because I might not look it, but I'm far from 100%. I'm very nervous, but I'm happy we've done it. I'm happy yeah. it's, it, it's been a night. I'm hoping, I'm hoping someone takes something from it. I would like something to take something from this. I think I think they will because I mean it's, it's, I'm I'm talking as a promoter, but I know that there's probably talent out there that you know they, they have sort of one bad match or something or one mistake they make and they automatically think that you know that the confidence takes a huge hit and then think it only takes that little thing for for things to spiral that sort of thing and um, whether you're a performer or a businessman or a, or a creative or anything like that you you lose confidence and you lose you lose belief and you basically lose what you what you enjoy and um i'd like to think that this will do a bit of good um one person uh, being changed or influenced in a good way from this is good enough i think yeah 100 percent, yeah and i i always say myself like you know, if you see someone, if you see a wrestler who might be a little bit green, might not be as seasoned as other other professional wrestlers, I always say like to other people, wrestlers learn by doing in front of those fans. There's no like, there's no training. For, there is training, of course, but in front of fans, legitimate fans at a show, there's no training for that. So they learn by doing all you can be, do is support and just yeah. don't be a dick. Just support, they'll get there. I've seen the journey of so many wrestlers and to see them from the start to where they are now is just 
incredible to me. I I always I I love that. That's something I can take here because seeing someone from the very beginning is amazing. Yeah. So yeah. all you can do is support. And that's uh, that's pretty much the word, isn't it? Support. Because effectively, this this video today was just sort of a a little bit of a, I don't know, a, a support attempt. Yeah. Throwing it, it out there for anybody that wants to, to to talk about this or wants to just listen to, to somebody else talk about it because maybe they don't like to or don't feel comfortable with. But I, I've never found this, ever since the first diary I did, I've never found this difficult to talk about because... I write diary. I write a diary, and I write down a lot of my thoughts anyway. But to actually speak them, it's a lot easier. I find it's just. But I suppose you know, everyone's different, and uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing either. Great thing. So if it's the same, they won't be boring. Exactly. Trying to avoid that um, this, that robotic thing. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I've, I'm glad I've had the, uh, the discussion been nice to sort of home in on on things like that and uh hopefully uh like you said it'll have a positive influence uh more widespread yes hopefully so i do hope so and um thank you for joining me no and, problem um, my pleasure thank you everyone for listening bye, -bye.